Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're listening to the Kanks Cast Podcast. New episodes are released weekly. Follow on Twitter and Instagram at KanksCast. Like on Facebook and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Welcome to Kanks Cast with Eric and Ryan. This is your weekly Sacramento Kings podcast for Kings fans by Kings fans. As always, this episode is brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop. You can follow Ziggy Smoke Shop on Instagram at Ziggy Smoke Shop 209. They have locations in Stockton and Tracy. We are coming off of a really fun episode just a couple days ago where I brought in friend of the show and fellow admin of the Kingsland Facebook group page, KC Yost. Uh, Ryan was unable to join us, so KC and I came in and did a nice little post-trade deadline special. It was a really fun conversation, and to be honest, uh, probably one of our highest rated episodes in the first week in a minute, so definitely excited about that. So if you are looking for anything Kings cast you can find all of those past episodes streaming wherever you find your podcasts um looking forward to bringing my co-host back today ryan what's good bro what's going on way to throw some shots at me right out the gate in our highest rated podcast all right look at i was working okay i'm a busy person okay i got a son i got a wife i'm a full-time college student i work for the government I'm just trying to make things happen. So for you to throw that in my face, a little disappointed. But anyways, moving past that, um, Sacramento lost tonight. I'm sure we'll talk about that. I'm excited to be back. Today was an eventful day. I got the first Pfizer COVID vaccine. Um, so, you know, my arm's a little sore right now. But, you know, I'm hoping everything works out for the best. Um, by the way, all right, I, I guess I, I should say this, okay? Casey, you did a phenomenal job in my absence. All right, I, I listened to the to the uh, the podcast this morning on my way to work. It was really good. I can't deny that. Uh, but yeah, I'm glad to be back. I got my Tito's vodka in my Fresca, or my my cup full of Fresca. So I'm ready to go, man. Let's have some fucking fun. Well, the reason I said it is I just got all these comments after that was just like you know, well, you repl- know replace we, Ryan with Casey. Hey, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't fucking blame him. I don't blame yeah. you. You know, I'm just joking. It, it, you know, I, the reason I point out is because Casey has been super cool with us. And, he, and, you know, we do that Kingsland series where, so, you know, we, we run a Facebook page with Casey. It's called Kingsland. It's a series that we do where we, we bring him on every couple episodes. And, and I just wanted to really give that shout out to him um, just for the episode. It, it was a lot of people, you know, tuned in and we got some great feedback. But also, you know, one big milestone this week, Ryan. Um, was that that Kingsland hit 1K. So we're only a couple yeah. months in. So we hit 1K on that page. I, I mean, for sure, the fastest growing place, um, you know, in Kingsland is is right there. It's where the great discussions are happening, where the game threads are happening. Um, not on Twitter. I fucking tell you that, Ryan. Uh, the, the, <laughs> let's, let's start off there, dude. Things are not happening on Twitter. 
um, because the trade deadline passed and the Kings got direction, which is probably where we're going to take the podcast to start it off. But I will yeah. say this. Um, uh, the, I, I, the, the other day after the Kings won, Ryan, uh, James Ham put a quote out and it said uh, from Rashawn Holmes and it said the goal for this team is to make the playoffs. And, you know, I've simple retweet and I put it out there. The Kings blockers are, are triggered and sure as shit, man, they are all triggered out there. Um, you know, we talked about it with Casey last week. Now they're kind of kind of rolling around about, you know, oh, where the Kings are at, which we'll talk about. But just, man, get off Kings Twitter and join Kingsland. That's all, that's all I got to say. Am I right? Yeah, so I'm not very active on on Twitter, and it's because the you know the back and forth dialogue's just not there, dude. On Facebook, it's a, it takes it a whole whole new level, you know. Like we met with KC before the podcast early on, and we had a nice little conversation. I was telling him about, you know, I was like, our you know, like my phone, dude, just blows up all day long, all freaking day long with Facebook stuff from, uh, you know, Facebook. Facebook stuff from Kingsland, dude. And the dialogue is great. You don't get that on Twitter. You, you just don't. And, uh, you know, pretty much fuck Twitter, dude. I'm really not that Eric's more, Eric's more on it than I am, but, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a big fan, but I did chime on the other day when the Kings Herald guys, um, were hashtag triggered, um, shout out to, I think his name's Griffith. I'm just gonna call him out right now. Hmm. Shout out to that guy. Um, he literally reiterated our, um, our intro to Kang's cast. He shouted out Ziggy Smoke Shop. Thanks for the free, uh, for the free shout out, bro. We always appreciate it. If you go inside Ziggy Smoke Shop in Stockton and you tell them that the Kang's cast guy sent you, my buddy will hook you up very well. Um, so yeah, man, I'm, I'm, let's get to it, bro. Enough, enough smash on these Kings Herald guys. Well, okay. Here's the thing is the, uh, is that the trade deadline passed and over the past bunch of episodes, um, we were, we've really been talking about how we were looking forward to the trade deadline because that would give us a clear direction, man. The big thing is, is over the last, uh, really in the off season, the Kings did diddly squat with their roster. I mean, the guys that they, they brought in, they didn't, they didn't play, you know, and then they yeah. played the G league guys and it was, you know, our take at the beginning of the season, Ryan, was more like we wanted some urgency. We wanted to, to see this roster kind of put together, and we wanted to see them compete. And that's pretty, we did episodes of the Great Divide, you know, a couple episodes ago, Ryan. It's been the, the biggest talking point in Kingsland amongst the bloggers, the media, the fans, you know, what to do with in that direction. And all we wanted was a freaking uh, direction, you know, and and show us something. And, and, and it, I think once the trade deadline passed, we were shown a little something. And so Casey and I, I think, had a good conversation about it. And now that you, know, you got back on the podcast today, I think you, you definitely got to speak on it a little bit, Ryan, because it was your point. You were eager for that direction. So, um, you know, take it away about what you think about the trade deadline and, and kind of how that affects the Kings um, kind of moving forward. I mean, right? Yeah, so, like, last time I was on the podcast, um, was it last? I think we did it, like, last Monday or anyways. Anyways, um, you know, we really didn't know which direction Sacramento was going to go at the trade deadline, right? We talked about it on here. You know, were they going to, you know, pretty much uh, mail it in and, and trade away everyone, trade away Harrison Barnes, try to move, you know, Rashawn Holmes to, you know, get draft picks? Well, we have a clear direction now, okay? There's a clear direction that Sacramento is trying to win, right? They kept the starting five together. They added bench depth, which is something – that me and you have talked about all season long. 
and I'm a huge fan. Huge, huge fan. Eric, Eric likes to point out, and I'll give him props for this one, but he likes to point out, you know, we like athletic guys who can guard multiple positions. That's something Eric talks about all the time. And they went and got Mo Harkless, you know, I believe 6'8", athletic guy. He's bounced around a little bit, but he does, you know, he can play the four, he can play the three. Um, good NBA veteran, right? And then they go get a, a DeLon Wright guy who plays, you know, it's been, what, three games with Sacramento, and it's very obvious his defense. Right, and he has the ability to score. They played San Antonio tonight. I want to say he had fourteen or fifteen points, um, you know. So, and then that, and then they go get Terrence Davis, who's a twenty-four-year-old, who um, you know showed some potential last year. Um, you know, his stats really aren't there, but he's a young guy, and and you know maybe in the future he can do some good things. But you know, the biggest thing is Sacramento's trying to win. So everybody with that tanking narrative, everybody with that, you know, everybody that has their mock draft set already you know, as Sacramento trying to take Cade Cunningham or Evan Mobley, All right, You're wrong. Okay. It's very evident. This team is trying to win and I'm, I'm a big fan of it, man. I, I really am. I'm, I'm very happy that they went and added some legit NBA players who can come off the bench and play. And on top of it, you know, we've talked about this before. They got rid of that Corey Joseph contract that was lingering over, you know, the salary cap head of this team. And they got rid of that contract, dude, and, and you have to be happy about that. So big props to McNair, big props to the, the Sacramento organization for um, moving in the right direction, right? They're not taking that loser's mentality. They're trying to win games now, and they're recognizing that we have Darren Fox, who is a fucking superstar. It's The narrative is that you must blow your team up in order to get better. And that's kind of been our, what we've been so counter against for like six months on our podcast is we just don't believe that. Um, and I think that there was this belief that the Kings were going to be, I don't know. I think people didn't believe in, in the Kings as much going to the year, some of the talent on the roster. Right. So I went back right and listened to an episode. I got, I kind of got to give ourselves a little bit of a, of a shout out. That's you can't do that, but it, it was, <laughs> <laughs> I it's am Kingsland, bro. Do whatever you want. Is this King's cast on Kingsland? Do whatever you want. Yeah. So I, I, I just look at it. And one of the things we were talking about, it's this point right here. It's just more that I just felt like there were a lot of people when Deer and Fox got that max contract that just didn't believe in him. You know, they didn't believe in what, you know, I know a lot of people got it, but there were people who didn't get it and because you know, that big number is max player. And one thing we talked about on there was that, you know, we've said, like, we talked about how guys, because they're coming into the league so young now that they get that max contract before they hit the next stride. And I think a lot of the takes to me were like, well, I feel like Darren Fox is going to hit the stride this year. That's what one thing you and I were saying. And, and, uh, I think for us, we were ready. We felt like between Barnes and, and, buddy and then with Halliburton and then Holmes and you know like there's some pieces here that if you just reinforce that bench and that depth like let's go all in on what we have and let's let's stop trying to keep moving backwards and that's where it's it was funny because it's like the only way to build your team is to blow it up you know and then and now it's what I talked about with KC last week Ryan which was that because they did that they didn't go backwards and they reinforced the bench and they're moving forward now there's a there's a narrative that's been created by the tankers so to speak well now the kings don't have a plan and they're spinning their wheels and they're stuck in purgatory and they're stuck in this spot and i think this time it's different you know I think this time it's different because the last couple weeks you've seen De'Aaron Fox take it to that level, like that real level. You've seen Halbert. I mean, he's proved us wrong. 
I didn't think he would score at the rate he's doing this year. You know, Buddy Hield, great month, 18 points a game, back to 42% three-point shooting. Harrison Barnes, you know, his, his numbers are back up 16 a game on the scoring. Obviously, Rashawn Holmes doing well. So clearly, like, there's the talent. Like, back the talent and, and just try for that. It, you know, it's in KC said it a couple episodes ago. You've said it. I've said it. At some point, you need to make the decision to move forward. You just have to and leave everything behind. And, and in the NBA, there's a lot of maneuverability in the offseason, trading picks, trading assets, you know. And one thing last week, Ryan, was that the, the contracts that they have here are tradable assets. There's nobody under long-term big contract that is uh, not contributing, you know what I mean? And, and so um, – and they're all moved. I just it, – it's – I'm optimistic, and I'm, I'm optimistic because we have a fucking superstar – who's killing everybody at our point guard. And I'm ready to, I'm ready to support that. You know what I mean? And, and that's the basic take there. And to me, it's so crazy how many people haven't got behind that. And, and now we're at the trade deadline. The decision's made. We have the direction, you know? Um, I'll ask you this, Ryan, because like, the Kings dug themselves in a hole two seasons in a row. They've dug themselves in a hole, and they're climbing out of a hole. I think if, you know, it sucks. I wish they could have reinforced this team earlier. I think it would be a much different situation right now. A couple games ahead, that big losing streak they had early season might not have occurred, you know. But whatever, you can think about things that way. Uh, but I'll ask you this right now. Is it for this season, you know, is it too early to assist? Is it too early, too little, too late? What do you think? Yeah, so early season prediction, Okay. Me and you both said Sacramento's going to miss the playoffs because of their lack of depth on the bench. And I think it is too little too late right now. I hope, I hope to God I'm wrong. I, I really hope that I'm wrong. Um, but, you know, they, they dropped the game to San Antonio tonight. I, I just don't see Sacramento in, I, I want to say, 24 games left. I off a guess 24 games you're going to be chasing four four and a half games I think Sacramento falls short this year and it's too little too late but um, it's definitely you know dude you just want to you know find out what is it the right time to take that step forward Sacramento shown they're willing to take that step forward right they they've made the moves to make that step forward they're going into the offseason they're gonna have a crap ton of cap space well, right. I, they're not going to they're, they're not not have a crap ton of cap. They're, 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 they're in a, okay, okay, okay. Good cap space. They're in a good I would say this, they're in a good cap situation. Situation. Yeah. Especially after, you know, me and you talked about on the last podcast is, you know, one important thing is you have to get off that Corey Joseph deal. Okay? You have to get off, and you just talked about it right now, having somebody who's you're paying that much who really isn't producing um, up to their contract. You know, DeLon Wright's going to make $8 million next year. He's producing. He brings a, a different element to this team. Um, so yeah, dude, I, I I'm really just excited that they took the they took the the step in the right direction, and they've shown us, you know, especially McNair. Hey, we're willing to win. We're uh, you know we're we're willing to try to at least make the effort. That's all you want in a franchise, dude. The, the so to clear up like the whole cap situation, they don't have a crap ton. I mean, I gotta say because the Man, that's a crap been a big ton, they they yes they they have a sufficient. The, the, my point is that they have the key guys here. The the only guy really is in question is Rashawn Holmes, you know? Um, and, and, you know, we can have that conversation, Ryan, we should have it with you back on here, have that, have that conversation because I, I think at this point I want to support Rashawn Holmes cause I like him and I want to support him from here on out. 
Um, but I, I would say he's the one in question because they're going to under restricted free agency. The move for DeLon Wright, what it did is it, it secured a player for the future years. And the difference between him and um, him and Corey Joseph, it's going to save the Kings, I think, somewhere like $3 million in the offseason. Basically, and then they yeah. got a player. My, I wanted, I didn't say this last week, Ryan, with KC, but I wanted to say this today is that the thing about DeLon Wright that I really liked about that move is that you, you know, the Kings were gonna have to sign a backup point guard in, in the offseason anyway. And the, and the thing is, is when you sign a player in an unrestricted free agency, that offer is, is a multi year deal, it's three or four years, you know, and then you're kind of taking that gamble. And you got so since they had to fill that role anyway, I really liked that they brought in DeLon Wright who is on a shorter-term contract. It's, it's a controlled amount of money. And now they don't have to go fill that roster spot in the offseason in unrestricted free agency and tie up two or three years. So now they got a guy here for the next year or so who can fill the role that they're already going to go. And then after that year, he falls off. So it's just good cap management in that aspect in that you're, 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 you're kind of wheeling and dealing and getting the little moves here and there to help you so you don't have to overpay a guy in the offseason like they had to do with Corey Joseph. Let's offer this guy up two, three million above just because we need a backup point guard that bad. So I really like that move. That was probably my, my favorite move. But the repercussions with that um, were Rashawn Holmes and, and that it's going to lock up even more money. And it seems like the every week goes by, Rashawn Holmes plays better. The number for Rashawn Holmes keeps going up. Now, we did a whole episode, Ryan. We People know where we stand on his money. Um, I will tell you this, right? This is like two two conversations, I guess, in one. Like, if 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 there's a number out there, the Kings are want to go for it and say it's a little bit higher, or they require to clear up cap space. Um, I I do think that the the Kings can clear up cap space. I think if you want to maneuver, you can in the NBA. You know what I mean? And I, so I that's I, I we, and I told I said this on the pod the other day. I was like, you know, I'm not a capologist. I'm not going to come on here and pretend to be, you know, but just, I just know from NBA, you, you can clear up money. You know what I mean? You can clear that up. Um, people automatically panic about, about, Oh God, you know, they're going to figure it out if they want to figure it out, you know? Um, but the Rashawn Holmes, Ryan, didn't get, he didn't get moved. Uh, all the episode we did was the Rashawn Holmes episode with you last. And your kind of prediction was he was going to get traded because you didn't want him to walk for nothing. I kind of said that I thought they were going to stand pat and move into the offseason with him. Um, you know, how do you feel about that now that's passed? What's, what's your thought? Honestly, I'm a little disappointed. Okay. And this is the thing. All right. I, I really like Rashawn Holmes. I, I, I have a set number for Rashawn Holmes that I've said, you know, 12, 13 million, whatever it may be um, on average is what you want to pay him. I'm upset because I think, you know, and I mean, you have talked about this and you've, you've brought this up that you think there's a team out there that there's, that's going to give him more than, you know, 15 on average a year. That's why I'm disappointed because for us to bring Rashawn Holmes back now, we are going to have to, um, to, to overpay for what we would want, if, if that makes sense. We, we you know, as Sacramento, I, I don't think Rashawn Holmes is the difference between winning a championship. I really don't. Um, you know, this team's far away from that. And I, I think that Sacramento is going to hinder themselves in the future, and it's going to hinder Darren, Darren Fox's um, potential later on if they come and bring back Rashawn Holmes for 15-plus a year. It's gonna, there's going to be – um, you know, a ripple effect that happens if they bring him back. That's why I'm disappointed because I'm looking at two, three years down the road. I'm not looking at next year or the year after, you know, really. I'm looking at, the, you know, three years, four years. How is, you know, us paying Rashawn Holmes, 
you know, 16, 17 million year going to affect us later on. That's why I'm disappointed. It has nothing to do with Rashawn Holmes' play. It has nothing to do with, you know, Rashawn Holmes' effectiveness on the court, his statistical output. It has everything to do with how, you know, his age and how is he, you know, going to affect us, um, his salary going to affect us with surrounding Darren Fox with uh, legit NBA players. This is where I, I have a different opinion than you, and I'm going to kind of I'm gonna kind of debate you on this, okay? Because I think that your take, and I, how should I say this? It kind of, it, I'm not, it's not a tanker's take. So I'm not no. trying to tell you that. No. I'm not trying to tell you that. No. Okay, so hear me out on this, okay? It's just that your take comes from about the future. It's all about the future, right? So on one hand, you, you know, you've kind of been, we want to compete this year. We've, you've been like that. But then when it comes to Rashawn Holmes' situation, you you seem to value uh, getting a little piece back for him than losing him, and this is where I this is where I differ from you. Okay, this is where I differ from you. Early in the season, I said I said he would I, I wanted to trade him. This is like preseason going into the season. I thought that okay, but the way he's played up until this point, it's clear that. At this point, he's their guy. It's clear he contributes in the way he contributes, and and I don't. We don't need to pick nitpick on his deficiencies, or he contributes. He's he, he seems to uh, take. He's getting better. He's played better the next year, which is something we got to give him credit for. Okay, um, and I really think that this is my. This is what I think at the at the deadline. You know, we talked about. You know, we kind of passed over that. You know, about too little, too late. I, I do think it's it, the Kings are in a huge hole. I think their saving grace here is the fact that they have the 10th seed. I still am holding out hope they can make that. And I'm very optimistic in, in that that can happen. Um, and I think that ownership's direction was that they want to play for that. And I think the best route for the Kings to get to that point, Ryan, was that they had to keep Rashawn Holmes on the roster to compete to get to that point. Because they didn't have, they didn't really have anybody else. They'd be throwing Whiteside and Metsu out there, which, and they wouldn't have had another center to finish out the year. I don't think personally that the that that there was a, a great offer to in return. I mean, so you so basically, we I, that's why I got to push back and I say, on one hand, we can't be guys advocating for competing all at all costs, but then on the other hand, want to cover our bases like you're saying, like hedging, like oh, I want to get something small back in return. I think realistically, what you know, the Kings are going to compete it out with Rashawn Holmes. I think that's the best move. And whatever happens in the offseason, it just happens. I've said it before, people walk all the time. Last season, Christian Wood walked. Jeremy Grant walked. Those are young players. You know, people walk, okay? So that's just part of the NBA game. It's happened throughout history, and it's not going to be the last time. And so that, to me, it's like having him and playing for that play-in game and letting him compete. And then, because I personally don't believe the market is as high as everybody says. I just don't because the player comps... the player comps don't support that. So to me, I, I, that's why I got to challenge your take and say, why trade the guy, not compete out this year, right, and go counter to what you're believing, and then in the offseason, you know, if they want to pay him and it's reasonable and they can front load, the, they can find the money to do it. They just can't. It's the NBA, okay? So that's where, I, I don't know, you tell me. No, okay, so I, I, I agree, okay? But I think that there could have been a trade out there. I really do. I really think that, that there could have been a trade out there and we'll never know. Okay. You're never going to know what kind of, what kind of calls that, you know, McNair field did and, and what happened. But I think that there could have been a trade out there if Sacramento, you know, and, and if we start going down this rabbit hole, dudes, if Sacramento combined, you know, a draft pick with somebody to bring in a younger guy, you know, 
example, Miles Turner, okay, who's, you know, second in the, in the defensive player of the year votings right now, whatever, take it for what it is. But I think that there could have been a trade out there for a younger piece. The only thing that, that I don't like about Rashawn Holmes is his age. That's it. It's his age. And I, you know, and I, I think that, you know, and you go look at Rashawn Holmes' minutes, I think if you give other players 30 minutes, they can put up similar stats and similar impact. I, I think it's been the perfect storm for Rashawn Holmes. I really like him, but I do, you know, and you can't sit here and tell me that there, there was weak offers for him. You don't know. I don't know. But, but you I, can't sit here. You can't sit here and tell me that there were no, offers for him. No, I'm and not. That's, I'm that's not, where we, I'm but, not, but, I'm not, but, 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 but I'm very much in, in, in the side of, you know, I, I hate the NBA draft. Okay. And it's, it's, ob- it's, it's obvious. You go look on our past podcast. I'm very much in trade the pick. I hate, the, I hate the NBA draft. I think college basketball's weak. Okay. I, I don't think it's very good. All right. And I'm very much in, you know, in the boat of, Hey, you could have combined the pick and you could have combined Rashawn Holmes and you could have got brought back a legitimate young talent. Now that could have helped Sacramento. Now that is under contract in the years coming that could have helped the team win. Now that's where I'm coming from. But it's it's so I get what you're saying, um, and, and this is what I'll say. I say like, yeah. So you you would say convert Rashawn Holmes's contract, uh, hit him his play and a pick, and convert that to more of a contract that's here long term, like they did with Dylan Wright. Younger, younger. But here's what I'll tell you: like, that's yeah. I hear what you're saying, but that might be wishful thinking. You know, you know what I mean? Like that. You, you that might be wishful thinking. I. I don't the, – the problem is is that you got to look at the guy's contract, dude. I think that you – I don't think that there was a trade. All we've said on here, all we – we're not reporters. All we can say is people show you who they are, man. They showed you, like, if they had a good trade, they probably would have pulled the trigger. But I don't think they had a good trade. I don't think so. There were rumors out there from Charlotte and from Toronto. I don't think there was a good trade. I think Rashawn Holmes being unrestricted, it was a rental for a teams. Um, and I don't think teams were willing to give up – solid assets for that. So there's no reason to speculate. All we can do is give our take, I think, Ryan, on what is present. You know what I mean? And I do think that taking all things uh, considered here, they were better off keeping him and just competing it out. And because if the, if they compete it out and make the and make the tenth seed, Kingsland is going to go nuts, dude. No, it's going to go, gonna go I, nuts. And they needed him to do that. You I, know, I complete. I completely understand. I completely understand. But when Rashawn Holmes is asking, you know, we saw a report today, we saw a report yesterday, if Rashawn Holmes is seeking $20 million, okay, Sacramento can't pay that. Right? My whole thing is, did they really explore, okay, was there really a big exploration, you know, to move Rashawn Holmes, or did they just try to, you know, hey, we'll, we'll take it for what it is? You know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We don't you know, know. We're never gonna know. That's we don't right. know. That's, but that's but you you're, you're you're like yeah. But that's what I'm saying. You're saying you're disappointed on the lack of the move. And that's what I'm telling you. Like mm-hmm. all we can say is there must not have been a great move there. And re- and what you're saying is is you're just upset that he might walk for nothing. Which I un- I understand that aspect. But at the end of the day, though, don't you think that at this point, if there wasn't anything legitimate out there and they weren't going to get hyper aggressive and I get what you're saying, but I, there's no way they're going to get hyper aggressive and package a first round pick with him to get somebody right now. That I just don't think that's the deal, dude. I really don't think that's the deal. I think I'm, that's, I think that's honestly like I, I what think, wishful thinking. I think that right now they make the decision to keep him on the roster and compete it out. 
because people walk all the time. And honestly, I don't think them. I don't. Th- I'm consistent. The, I don't think the market is crazy. I don't think it's that. And if it is, then they don't partake in that market. And like you, it goes back to what you said. Then they have the cap space saved. There's a victory there, you know. And then maybe they can find someone else to, to fill that role I'm, in the off season, right? I'm, and they're, they're going to take their chances in that direction. Okay. And and I, I I agree. Okay. I'm throwing out a, a hypothetical stuff. I'm just saying what I've what I've liked to see. Okay, because we didn't see anything. We did not see any Rashawn Holmes trade rumors. We saw, oh, Charlotte is interested. Oh, this team is interested. But there was never any, you know, like we saw the Marvin Bagley, the Marvin Bagley trade got leaked. You know, Marvin Bagley for Sadiq Bay and Detroit said no. You know, there was none of that. So who knows how aggressive they were to move him. So that that's my whole thing. I, I just really think that this was a good situation for Sacramento to make a legitimate youth. Um, legitimate move for a younger player. That's all I'm saying. That's it. And and everything we're saying is all hypothetical, and it it's it is what it is. But you know, it, when Sacramento is trying to get in a in a battle to re-sign Rashawn Holmes for 18 million, you know, we're gonna be looking at it like, well, shit, man, maybe we should have done something because it happened last year with Bogdanovich. It, it it did, and me and you were calling for it. Let him walk. Let him walk. But that's because after the trade deadline, you know, we were saying don't overpay for him. Well, you're in the same situation. Do not overpay for Rashawn Holmes because he is going to be a 29-year-old next year, okay? And you go look at it. His production goes with the minutes. He's played 30 minutes this year, career high. He's having a career year. That's where I'm coming from, you know? So you, you look at it like that, and it's like, okay, well, you know, can somebody else put in, you know, the type of production that Rashawn Holmes puts in in 30 minutes game? And I, I think that there is somebody out there that could do that. I don't know who at the moment off the top of my head, but I do think that, that that it's possible. I really do. And that's where I would say I think it's possible too, but they'll figure that out in the offseason and still compete yeah. now. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. where I say. So I'll ask you this question, okay? I'll ask this question. This is one that's the counter to it. And one thing is that people always pit players against each other, right? That, you mm-hmm. know, it's always last season. It was Buddy versus Bogey, you know? It's Halliburton versus Buddy. It's, uh, you know, going into the year. It's Whiteside versus Holmes, right? Um, and then now it's become Bagley versus Holmes. You know, they, they have to pick up his option, the, the long-term play here. Um, and then it's just p- poor timing for Bagley. The guy gets hurt. It's the hand injury. It's not even the lower extremity, you know. Um, I think people are getting exhausted by it. They really are. And, um, I mean, I've heard some crazy takes in Kingsland where, you know, and I know this comes from a place of emotions, guys, but, you know, giving Marvin Bagley away as a salary dump, just so you have the cap flexibility to sign Rashawn Holmes, I don't think is a real take. Okay. I just, I would like to say that, but um, let's, let's pretend Ryan this hypothetical. Let's pretend that Rashawn Holmes's contract is reasonable. Like we've, we want it to be, but the Kings still need to free up some money to solidify that bench. And um, that, that means that the only player left to really trade is Bagley, you know, did, have your thoughts changed at all about that? Are you more open to that at this point where like if the Kings finish off the year and they, and say they package, like you're saying package Bagley in a first pick or trade Bagley for whatever they can get value at this time, whatever that is. Um, and just, you know, play him there in an effort to keep Rashawn, Rashawn Holmes. Has your thoughts changed about that? No. Well, all right. So I'll put it this way. The price is always right. 
right? Like if, if, if the price is right, dude, anybody's expendable. We've talked about that all the time. You can move anybody. Um, but I'm, I don't, you know, I wasn't a fan of the Sadiq Bay thing, how they try to just move off him. I'm not a fan of that. And I think the reason they try to do that, though, was to try to save a little bit of money. Sadiq Bay has some upside, blah, blah, blah. I'm still a believer in, in Marvin Bagley. I really am. I really think that Bagley can be, you know, obviously the lineup's working right now. But why not keep a guy for depth? Why not keep a young dude? You always talk about it as well. Young big men who come out at 19, it takes years for them to develop. Look at Julius Randle right now. You know, Julius Randle came out, bounced around. He went from the Lakers, he went to the Pelicans on the Knicks. Now he's 25, and Julius Randle is a freaking all-star. And he's legit. But he was the same type of player early on as, as Marvin Bagley, inefficient, right? You know, turnovers, young guy. Look where he's at now. You know, it takes big men a long time to, to get accustomed to the NBA game. And I'm just not a fan of dumping a – it's very obvious, a very athletic, very promising offensive power forward when he's 22 years old. I'm not a fan of that, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I really am not. It's it, Yeah, it's, it's tough, man. It's really tough because, like, I, I got to give I – I always try to come on here and be honest, okay? And – and I get where people are coming from with this take. If Rashawn Holmes shows that he's he can hold that spice, okay, like if the Kings go on a great run and they end up capturing this this plan or capturing this eighth seed and, and they do that and they want to keep the group together that got them there, which is the five now. I get where I get where people are coming from with that take. You know, and, and, and that they're they've just said, fuck it, I'm ready to move off of Bagley, whatever. And I think people are at that point already. I have to give people credit and say, I, I get that, okay? But at the end of the day, there's another side to it as well. There's a back-end part to it. Um, some of the takes in, in Kingsland ha- go out there, and it's, uh, you know, if he wasn't such a high draft pick, would you feel this way? And I, I think, I think th- to me, that's not really a fair, that, that's, that's not a fair question to ask because he is, a, he is a top draft pick. We know his statistical baseline is 14 and 7. You know, we know his issue is just injuries and he's never spent serious time on the court. The thing that gives me the hope, and, and you tell me, Ryan, with him is that his injuries aren't really like crazy severe. They're just unfortunate. You know, like the, a hand injury, dude. I mean, you know, uh, that's not a lower extremity thing. That's not going to hold him back in the future. Uh, you know, I, I don't see that. Um, I think that we did learn anything. I did. I think we've learned something with Marvin Bagley, Ryan. I think we've learned that it might be okay with him coming off the bench. Casey brought this point last week in his rookie year. He played 62 games. He only started four of them. You know, he was about 14.9 points and seven rebounds um, his rookie year off the bench. And, and I think that I really am hope I'm hoping that if there's something on the low, that's not a take that's out there is I really would like to see him come back and in Casey said it last week, so I'll give the credit there too. Is I'd like to see him come back this season quicker, and I'd like to see him um, come off the bench and play that role because I do think that statistical baseline in 25 minutes is is special. Mm-hmm. And the Kings are Kings would be really uh, they'd have another dynamic score off the bench, and I really do I really can see them picking up that option and and maybe that's his role next year, and I think that's okay too. Um, I I think the cap is tricky. I think that if 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 Rashawn Holmes wants to price himself out, that's that's a different story. But if there's a way to keep all of them, I mean, I'm okay with seeing him go go that route. I I, I just 
I think at this point, you know, I wanted to have this conversation with Ryan because we're coming out of the deadline. But I think at this point, this is more going to be off-season topics. And I thought that it was a great time to have, like, repercussions of the trade deadline, you know. But right now, I mean, the Kings are moving forward, and I don't want to harp on this the whole season. But this is this is going to be a big storyline off-season that we we got to brace for right now, right? Yeah, so <laughs> I just, dude... All right, so like while you're talking right now, okay, it's just I, I'm bringing up Julius Randle popped to my head. He was the guy who popped to my head for the Marvin Bagley thing, okay? And and people really just I, – I can't stress enough, dude. I really can't stress enough that – all right, people remember Julius Randle got hurt like the first game of his rookie year, okay? He literally two points a game his rookie year. He, he missed the whole season. Came back the second year 11 and, 11 and 10, third year 13 and 8, which is where Bagley's at right now, correct? 14 and, and seven and a half, eight points. Okay. Fourth year, 16 and eight. Then he went 21 and nine, 19 and a half and nine, 23 and 10. Okay. I, I really think that we just need to be patient, dude. I really, I really believe that. I think that we need to give Bagley a chance. There's no, like you said, dude, if Bagley can come out and, and his statistical outputs 15 and eight off the bench, why not? Why not? I, I don't understand. Um, you know, and I've had, I've had his back consistently. Um, I've had Bagley's back consistently this whole course of the season is why not just ride it out? Why not? If you're Sacramento, why not just take a chance on someone who's super athletic, who's shown promise? He's just been hurt. And like you said, dude, it's not lower extremities. It's his hand this time. It's not going to affect him long-term. It's not going to, you know, it's not like he tore his Achilles. He didn't tear his ACL. Okay. He's going to bounce back right at the beginning of the season. He's going to be able to play 30 minutes a game next season coming in and he's going to be just fine. So, you know, I, I don't know if I'm really answering your question or anything, but I, I just, you know, I feel like I got to come on here and defend Marvin Bagley, especially in Kingsland too. You got to defend the group. You got to defend him to the group. And it's like, dude, he's so young, guys. He is so young and he he does have promising talent that picking up his option this year, for me, it's really low risk, high reward kind of thing. It's the, you know, it, it it's like I started off the question with you. It's that people like to pit people against each other and it's, it's gotta be this either or thing. But it and I think that it doesn't need to be that way. No, no. It, doesn't, it, it doesn't need to be that way. It didn't need to be that way with bogey and buddy. It just doesn't need to be that way. Um, the, 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 the thing is, I think Ryan, I, I like to, I, I will say this. I, I agree with everything you're saying. I've become a little bit more realistic and it's, it's more that I feel kind of just, like fuck, it's another t- another setback, you know, another setback. And I think we see the we we've seen players throughout history. Julius Randle's a great example because he is a guy who played one game his rookie year. That's a great yeah. example, and and he's yeah. he's on his third team now, and he's finally hitting stride, and he's an all star. You know, it's it's a great example, and there's plenty of other examples of like that in in NBA, and that's where we're coming from. And that when if you want to, and that's the thing, if, if, if you want to draft a bunch of young guys, you expect the long term, long time to, to pay it off. Right. I mean, yeah. Julius Randall is 26 now, you know, what's Marvin Bagley at 26, you know, you got to back up. And that's where I'm coming from. The, the problem though, Ryan, is this, it's that there is a, a segment of people with this take that their thought is that he might be getting left behind. Right. And that the team may be developing at a faster rate. And because his option is going to get picked up, which means he's going to, they're going to have to make a decision on what to do with the extension, that that extension 
could be higher and the extension could block them in the future with cap space. It could prevent them from a Holmes leaving um, and maybe other future signings, you know, and then it's not going to, and then if he gets hurt again or he doesn't pan out in like a year or two, it, it, it could be a real turning point that, wow, we may, we might've made the wrong decision, not getting what we could from that guy, cutting our losses, reinforcing our team, signing homes and taking the step that we were on. And, and I got to acknowledge people. And I have to say, Ryan, I understand where they're coming from. You know, and I like to play both sides of both sides of this. And this is where my thing is, is that you don't need, you didn't need to move him at this deadline. You didn't because you no, were getting him no. at, you were selling him at so low. You buy, you buy low, sell high. I mean, that's, that's just, that's just America, dude, you know? And, uh, and so for me, it, it, it's been go get him back, develop in a bench role. Let him, you know, let him play to his strengths. Go into the offseason, pick up his option because realistically, well, next year, next year, if the Kings go into the season and he plays healthy and he plays that strength and he's coming off the bench at fifteen a game and the Kings are playing well, they can make a decision at that time. Maybe we're playing high, but we're going to sell high now, right? We will sell him high later on. Yeah. Well, this this is the thing about this whole situation. They've already picked up his option. Sacramento's already picked up his option. They've already made the decision. December 4th, 2020, 2021, 2022 team option is exercised. I'm reading it right now. Marvin Bagley's no, it, option, he's, it's already exercised, dude. So it's like, why, you know, you have him for $11 million next year. Why not, why not just roll with it? And I understand $11 million, but, you know, it is what it is. But for somebody who's 22 years old, okay, and has very promising talent, it's very evident. People don't like him because he don't play defense. But you cannot deny his offensive skill set. You can't deny it. As a 22-year-old, you cannot deny it. And I, I think a team like Sacramento, you know, who's up and coming and still has a few years until their superstar, Darren Fox, hits his prime, I, you need to take chances like this. You have to. You have to take chances on young, promising players who have put out the statistical output. You know, he's, he's averaged 14.5 and like 7.88 rebounds um, over 112 NBA games, I believe he's played. And it's like, dude, you know, when you have that big of a sample size, it's like, okay, yeah, 112 games, 14 and a half, seven and a half, seven and a half. He's played 112 games. You, like you have a big sample size of him putting that statistical output and you've already exercised his option. Why not roll the dice on the 22-year-old? That's it. And, and, you know, a lot of people are, well, they, not, they might not be able to bring back Holmes. And, you know, it is what it is. He's 29 years old. You know, next season, when next season starts, he's 29 and Bagley's 22. He don't really fit Deere and Fox's timeline anyway. And that's where I'm coming from. You know, it, it's, there's, it's really, for me, it's a high, it's a, it's a low risk, high reward kind of thing with Bagley, man. And, you know, maybe next year we're sitting here and he gets injured again. And, and that's just kind of the story for Marvin Bagley. But, you know, I, I really believe that he has the talent. He, he really does. He, he has the talent to, to make an impact. And, you know, I hope six months from now that everybody's like, damn, Marvin Bagley, you know, he's, he's the man. We made the right decision there. So, I mean, we're going to see, dude. It's all, you know, it's all guessing game, dude. But I really think that Sacramento um, got lucky by not trading him for Sadiq Bey at the moment. You know, ask me again in six months. But at the moment, I think it's the right decision that they have him on the team. 
It's a good take. I like your take. And I, and that's why that was my reason for bringing it up and posing the question. You know, I really wanted to throw the counter sides and I've spent a lot of time looking into what those counter sides are so that, that you can answer them. You know, I, I think you answered them really well. Um, and, and it is, it is one of those things that like at one point that I said, you know, the, the time will come for everybody. It's going to come for everybody for them to make a decision on. I just don't think that uh, right now what was his time, you know, it was, it yeah. wasn't his time. And I, and I think that it doesn't need to be Holmes versus Bagley and what to do in the off season. I think that if they can find a way to keep them all, keep their draft picks sign one or two players, I think that this team is better for sure going into next year than they are today. And I think that's all we can hope for, man. That's the direction we were hoping for him. All right. Yeah. hundred percent. And you know, hindsight's always 2020, man. You know, like I said, next year we could be looking back and thinking this or whatever, but you know, I, I, I just really, you know, it just really bugs me, dude. It really bugs me the amount of hate that he gets, dude. It's like every time he was playing, like even right now, you know, Sacramento's what four and five and one, four and one. They lost tonight. I, I can't, I can't remember off the top of my head. But people are already saying like, well, oh, look at the team without Bagley, and it's like, all right, well, you know, look at the team without Bagley, or look at since they've gotten depth and Darren Fox just went on a fucking tear, you know. So like, people are very quick to point. Well, since he got hurt, well, no, well, since he's got hurt, they've added three legit NBA players, okay, and Darren Fox is playing the best basketball of his career. So do you want to attribute that to, is it, is it as much, you know, the three NBA players and Darren Fox, or is it Marvin Bagley getting hurt? And I'm willing to bet that it's the three legit NBA players they brought on and the good basketball Darren Fox is playing. I don't think that the winning streak has any really correlation to Bagley being hurt at all. I really don't. Yeah. I think if anything, if they had him right now, I think they would be playing even better. And, and I, that's I think where... so. I think but so. That, that, that's the thing, Ryan is, 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 so much emotion goes into players and, and fe- people's feelings about how they feel about players that, that takes come out, they yeah. fly out. And there's yep. so many angles that go to everything. You go in They're depth. So it's quick. why, it's so why quick we do to point the finger. So yeah, quick to point the finger. I think it's why we do the podcast. So, Hey man, really fun, really fun episode today. I was, I mean, the Kings are rolling though. I mean, I, I think we got to reinforce that the Kings are rolling right now. It's super exciting to, to be a Kings fan, whatever happens. I, I mean, uh, we all just love the team at the end of the day. You know what I mean? So, hey, guys, we appreciate you listening in. If you ever want to interact or be a part of the show, you can always do so by tagging us. You can find me and Ryan on Twitter and Facebook at Kingscast Eric and at Kingscast Ryan. And then we're active on our Facebook group, Kingsland. So join that. Um, one thing I don't always do, uh, please help us out and give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Slide down after the show, five stars. Let us know King's Cast is great. It really helps us in the searches and kind of promote our podcast and get the word out there. So we appreciate it if you took the time to do that. So as always, um, for Ryan, this is Eric. Go Kings! This episode was brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop, 209's headiest smoke shop. Follow them on Instagram at Ziggy Smoke Shop 209 for a view of all of their awesome inventory.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.